Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you guys. So glad you are here. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. Yes, yes, yes. So glad you guys are here. So, <clears throat> right out of the gate, I want to ask the question. I've got a little bit, so y'all bear with me. I've had some, um, had some funk. Everybody, everybody ever have funk? Yes. There's a fungus among us. No, I'm... So anyway, I got a question for you today. How many of you here believe in ghosts? Raise your hand. Hmm, Interesting. How many of you here, you don't believe in ghosts? Oh, interesting. About half and half, last service. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you here watch ghost shows? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of you do. The ones that raise your hands, you don't believe in, and you do believe in it. That's kind of weird, right? I, when I was a kid, <clears throat> me and my brother, we had a friendly ghost. His name was Arthur, because every time something weird would happen, or a door would kind of open and we'd say, come in, author. <laughs> so did any of you ever have a friendly ghost and you named him or anything? Thank you that I'm not the only weird one, Alfredo. Thank you. A few more. Thank you. Thank you for pulling me out of the fire. Well, today, what we're going to talk about is a real ghost. And we're going to talk about today getting the most of the Holy Ghost. Now, some of you are thinking, uh, when it comes to the Holy Ghost... Is there a difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit? No, there's not. It says in the King James Version, 90 different times it refers to the Holy Ghost. But as translations evolved and more of the scriptures, of the, of the transcripts came about and we were able to get additional translations, the word spirit replaced the word ghost. As a matter of fact, though, here's what I want you to know. The Spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in the scripture. Now, how important is the Holy Ghost? How important is the Holy Spirit? It's mentioned in the second verse in the Bible in Genesis. So let's jump in together today because I want everybody here to get the most of the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you and say, I want you to get the most of the ghost. Tell them. All right. Look at back to others and say, you too. All right. Let's take a look here. What it says in Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, in the beginning, it didn't mean that that was God's beginning. There's always been and always has been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It says here, in verse 2, it says, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. See, the depiction here of God's Spirit hovering is like a bird that hovers over its young, a bird that stretches its wings out and protects its young. And when you think about the word, the original word for spirit, especially in the New Testament, was written in Greek. The Greek word for spirit simply lets us know that it's like a wind. It's a current of air. It's a blast of breath. Now, in the Old Testament, God's spirit would come about, and God's spirit would move on people and through people. Then the spirit of God would depart. Well, in the New Testament, once that Jesus Christ left the earth and he went back and ascended to his Father, he sent the Holy Spirit for born-again believers. 
now. The Holy Spirit will never leave you nor forsake you, okay? But here's where I believe we're at today. We live in a, in a time, especially in the United States of America, the people go through the motions of God. They get caught up in emotions of God. And so today I want us to think about who the Holy Spirit is and, and how that we can get the most from him in our lives. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit basically was descending upon Jesus. We see that when he started his earthly mission here for you and I. He came in the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit was falling on people uh, there at Pentecost, and they were speaking in tongues of fire, and it empowered them. It did many miracles. And today we see the Holy Spirit empowering people with spiritual gifts to live a supernatural life that we live in a natural world. We see the Holy Spirit giving people today the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. But why, it's something I've been praying about, why are there so many people with spiritless lives? Why are there so many people that God wants you to have a spirit-filled life, God wants you to have a spirit-empowered life, but why do we see today, it just seems like people are into religion? Let me say this to you. I don't want you to come here and be religious. I want you to come here and be spirit-filled with God's spirit because it's the greatest ghost ever, God's presence, God's power to be in your life. You know why a lot of people live, are living messed up lives? Because they are not led in the spirit of the Lord in the decisions they make on a daily basis. How many of you know somebody's jacked up? Raise your hand. How many brought them with you to church today? Don't raise your hand because I'll be looking at you. We want to get a biblical understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and the role that the Holy Spirit wants to play in a believer's life. <clears throat> when I was growing up, I remember distinctively a couple, their names was Hoyt and Ethel Young. And I was sitting in the back, and when I'm back there playing uh, tic-tac-toe or connected dots, that's kind of what we did, or because mama wouldn't give me her iPhone so I could watch YouTube, Oh, man. But anyway, we'd be playing connect dots, all that. Well, Hoyt and Ethel Young up on the front left. If I'm in the back corner here, not there on the pew, they were up in the front left corner, sitting on the front up there. And every service, they would stand up and say this. Hoyt was a big man. He would stand up and he'd say, I want to thank God for the Holy Ghost. Then he would continue talking about a few other things. Then he would sit down. Well, then his wife, Ethel, would proceed to stand up. And the first thing out of her mouth, I want to thank God for the Holy Ghost. And she would say a few other things. And when it comes to the Holy Ghost, though, people today, they seemingly think it's a little weird because I've been in services to where that people shout, people are slain in the spirit, people are dancing, people are speaking in, in, in tongues, and they're doing these things. But when some people see those people in the moves of the spirit, they think, that's those weird people over there. See, the problem is, in the church today, if you're not careful, you'll be so dignified because the devil tells you to be dignified. Now, I'm not talking about doing stupid things. I'm not talking about acting unchristlike. What I'm talking about is sometimes the Spirit of God wants to move in our lives in a way that you might do a little dancing. 
You might shout like you hear me do over here where I sit at times. If you hear a shout, it's me. Guilty. Because I get so full of the love of God, I have to let it out. And then what's really sad on the opposite side of the spectrum there is people underestimate the Holy Ghost of God, the presence of God. And, and people want to downplay it to say that the presence of God and His Spirit is not real. They want to say that that's not something, that's just an emotion. They say, well, you just got heartburn. <laughs> no, I eat a lot of Mexican. I know what heartburn is. How many of you eat a lot of Mexican food? If I had the money I spent on Mexican food, folks, I could own a chain of them. Pastor T's grill. Here's a foundation from Jesus. John's Gospel, chapter 14. Jesus here, in this, in, this, in this moment, what he's doing, he's explaining to his disciples, he's loving his disciples, he's comforting his disciples, and he's, he's telling them and explaining to them, I'm going to go away, I'm going to go build some mansions for you, but I'm going to be sending someone else that's better than me being here, is what he's telling them. They're, they're, they're flipping out, but he says, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. Wow. I could park there the rest of the day. I will talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take you. The, God, the godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. It doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. How many of you here have ever been hurt by a so-called friend? Everybody raise your hand because everybody's been hurt by a so-called friend. The Holy Spirit of God is the friend that's going to be with you. It's not going to hurt you, but he's going to help you. The Holy Spirit's going to be the one that's going to live in you, going to encourage you, going to be there for you. When everyone else is walking out, the Holy Spirit's still there. He's going to be able to give us a whole new perspective on life, and that's what a true friend is. The Holy Spirit isn't just a friend. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. He's going to be able to help you in the decisions that you make and the things that you're going to do. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. The Greek word parakletos, and I don't use a lot of Greek words because we usually use English here, but anyway. Um, <laughs> the Greek word parakletos, the word para means coming along beside of something. Kletos is the original Greek from that, it's kaleo. So what that means is, is that the Holy Spirit is called to be inside of you and come along beside you as a Christ follower. The Holy Spirit is going to be our intercessor. The Holy Spirit is going to intercede for you. The Holy Spirit is going to pray for you because we don't even know how to pray. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, would it be better that Jesus had stayed here in the flesh instead of the Holy Spirit coming? Let's check it out what it says here. <clears throat> I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day. But now I am on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you has asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't, the friend won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is saying here, it was best that he leave and not be here. The Holy Spirit will come and dwell in all of us because Jesus was a God that he was in, limited to one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit can be with all of us, and that's what's absolutely amazing. Look up and say, thank you, Holy Spirit. So why aren't more people led of the Spirit of Almighty God in the life decisions that they make? Why is that? Why are more people not led? Because some people are afraid of what they don't understand. 
How many of you here like me, at times there's things in life you're afraid of what you don't understand? I'll be the first to raise my hand. Here while back and my wife, there was a noise in the middle of the night. And my wife got freaked out because she didn't understand what the noise was. And it's probably one of the only few times she ever looked at me and said this. She looked at me and she says, where's your gun? You know what I'm saying? Because we often get afraid of what we don't understand. But when it comes to the Spirit of the Lord, I think there's a lot of people who follow God and are Christ followers. They, they're afraid of what they don't understand. <clears throat> it says in Romans 8 here, verse 15, 16, the message, it says, This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-giving life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We, are, we know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Do you understand what that's saying? That the Holy Spirit's going to give a future to you and I, that we don't have to fear that the Holy Spirit of God does so much within the believer. But so many times people have God here, they don't have God in here. That's the problem with people. How many of you will agree with me that this world's gone crazy? Raise your hand. It's gone off its ever-loving rocker. You look at Christians today. Listen to me. You look at Christians today, often they look no different than the world we see around us from the rest of the world. They're still bound up in the same sins as other people that don't even claim faith in God. They're living life afraid. They're bound up in worries and struggles and fear, and they have all kinds of anxiety going on. Why is that? Because when we believe in Jesus, if we're not careful, we don't access the real power. And that's the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, because so many people today are living a spiritless life. God wants his children to live in the Holy Spirit, to be empowered with the Holy Spirit, to be equipped with the Holy Spirit, to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. That means to be, have his protection and have his life in us and coming through us and, and all the decisions that we make and the things that we face and we don't have to worry any longer. But something else I will tell you, you know why a lot of people don't live spirit-led lives? Because people who stubbornly resist the Holy Spirit. Don't want to be like those people over here, those weird people. Hey, let me tell you something. If you don't like me being weird and full of the Holy Spirit, you're in the wrong church. Now, I'm not trying to be offensive. I love every one of you. If I've never met you and it's your first time here, I'm going to be led by the Spirit of Almighty God in the decisions I make and how that I lead in my own household, how I lead as a Christian, how I lead my wife as her husband, how I'm going to lead this church as the lead pastor because it is a serious thing that you and I do not have the equipment in here. It's the Holy Spirit in here that will help us to be able to make the right sound decisions that brings glory to God. Can I get a witness, church? That's what it's about. It's about bringing glory to God, church. That's what it's about. So some people, when it comes to resisting the Holy Spirit, maybe the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, but then you stubbornly say no. Or maybe it's a situation where you're about to do something and you know it down in your spirit it's sin, it's wrong, but you push back the Holy Spirit and you do it anyway. Or maybe it's a situation where you need to do something and God wants you to do something that's good. He, he's, wanting you, he's nudging you to do something good for somebody, but you push back on it and you don't bless someone. Man, it's so sad that when we resist the Holy Spirit for so long, listen to me closely, your heart will become hardened. 
And when your heart becomes hardened, you can't hear the voice of God. Stephen in the New Testament in chapter 6 was called to be a deacon to serve tables. And Stephen was anointed and filled with God's spirit in his life. And he led believers to come to Christ. And he was given a holy chewing in chapter 7 to the religious leaders one day. Listen to what he said. He said, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know somebody that's just downright stubborn? Raise your hand. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, probably a good chance it's you. Yeah. We've all been stubborn at one point in time, but the, the, to be stubborn and not listen and resist the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to lead your life would be utter stupidity in our life as followers of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm not sure, Pastor, if that's God nudging me to do that or not. Have you stubbornly resisted the Holy Spirit so long as a believer that your heart's become really hard? You say, but how do I know it's God's Spirit or it's my own thoughts that I'm thinking about here? See, let me tell you something about your own thoughts. Your thoughts are going to be selfish. Your thoughts are going to be self-centered. Your thoughts are going to be sinful. And that's not the Holy Spirit. But if it's a nudge from God, he is going to nudge you to do something that's for his glory and for his honor. That's the Spirit of the Lord. And as believers, you're able to be able to be worked on, to be able to do good and lead you away from sinful things to glorious things to bring honor and glory to God. It's like this. I'm going to ask this question. How many of you husbands here like to kiss your wives. You better get that hand up so fast it'll make your, make your head spin. All right. Just think with me for a minute. Let's say hypothetically, probably not going to happen, but let's just say Shanda was resisting giving me a kiss. Not that I'm anything, but she's everything. I mean, she's beautiful, okay? But anyway, let's just say it went on for days. I was trying to get Shanda to give me a kiss. Then finally she relented and gave me a kiss. Well, think about it from this perspective. It would be like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. If you keep resisting the power of the Holy Spirit and you keep resisting the power of the Holy Spirit, pretty soon the Holy Spirit's going to say, whew, have it your way. I'm not going to force myself on you. You see what I'm saying? That's what the Holy Spirit is and who he is because he is an absolute gentleman and will not push himself on anyone. But if you do that, you are running a great big risk that your heart's going to grow hard and you are no longer going to recognize the Holy Spirit's nudges in your life. Why are so many people today living spiritless lives? Because first and foremost, they're not aware of God's Spirit and they're stubbornly resisting God's spirit. But there's one more thing. Many people have never truly received the spirit of Almighty God. <clears throat> Jesus said this in John's gospel, chapter 3. He said this. He says, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Now, what is he talking about? Water is when you are born physically. You are in water. The other day, Lily called me. Lily, my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter, Chloe, they ran a race. So which one was going to have their, my, my grandbabies first? 
out of all the grandbabies, I think I got to be 10 here for long. I'm telling you, I got a, I got a squad. I'm telling you, I need to have a football team, a basketball team, or whatever. But anyway, Lily calls me the other day, and she said, my water's broke, Daddy. And it said, it's a river that's come out. It's really his name. It's going to be River. So, Chloe was back here earlier, and she, she has carried her, their third child, Jonas, longer than ever. She's 40 weeks. So, I get down on her belly, and I said, come out to Jonas. Come out of there. I thought if I started preaching like the old-time preachers that he might just come out. And she's back there doing this right here, back there in the back like this. So, but he's, he hasn't come out yet. But you're born of water. But you got to be born of the Spirit. Some of you think, well, pastor, I've been baptized. If you haven't been born of the Spirit of God, you were a dry sinner, and you came out a wet sinner. That's the way it is. You've got to be born again in the Spirit of Almighty God. Look at Romans 8 and verse 9. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. I don't want any of you to miss out on what God's Spirit has and wants for you and to help you in your life and the different situations and the difficulties we face and circumstances beyond our control. So let's talk about what the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit will attract you. How many of you remember here this member that's married? You remember how it was when your, your spouse attracted you? Remember that? Man, that was a really a cool time, whether you winked at them or they smiled at you and, or a friend says such and such over likes you and they looked at you and smiled and you went hey but anyway but think about it the Holy Spirit does that the Holy Spirit will attract you to him in your life some of you think you're here today maybe maybe you're here for your first time you think it's because a friend begged you to come no 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 that's not because that God doesn't work by chance now God will in his awesome plan will use friends to attract you. But listen to what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 44. For, one, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. God, not people, plays the most active role in getting your attention on God attracting you why is that because he wants a relationship with you in your life god loves you and wants to bless you he laid out your steps and had a plan for your life before that you were ever born and god uses people but yet he uses the wooing the the attraction of the holy spirit to get your attention god does the urging but it's up to you as to whether you are truly going to ask him into your heart and accept jesus as the way the truth and the life so he attracts you something else he does he comforts that's what he does. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. The Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Look what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 16. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, that is a promise. Look at the person next to you and say, that's a promise. He's going to abide with you. Some of you have had relationships with people that told you that they would be there for you, and they are gone now. They walked out on you. Some of you are going through the most difficult times in your life right now. You know why I know that? Because there's a whole bunch of people here. And it's not by chance that if you will open up your heart to the power and the presence and to the comforting presence of the Spirit, that you'll sense His power, His power for you. God's Spirit is here to comfort you and give you peace beyond what your human mind can really understand. Now, I've watched many people 
go through some hard events in their life. And one of the things that people tell me as Christians, they say, Pastor, you would not believe if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit of God and his presence, I would have never, ever made it through. So the Spirit of God got them through that. Well, not only does he attract and comfort, the Holy Spirit will guide you. You say, what do you mean by that? Look at John's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Say, all truth. Jesus said, I will guide you. And what does he do to guide us? He wants you to make good decisions. The reason so many people's lives are messed up is because they're not, they're, they're not making good decisions, let alone even making God decisions. Decisions to not do wrong give you direction, give you wisdom. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit will remind you of stuff? How many of you have ever left the house and the Holy Spirit reminds you to go back and get something you were going to leave there? Now, you can call me crazy if you want to. That's the Holy Spirit because he's my friend. He's my comforter. He's the there one with me. Every moment that I walk in this world, he is with me. You say, well, I've never had that kind of relationship with him. Well, if you want one, you can have one here today. Can I get a witness? You can have one here today in the name of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit wants to, to be there for us, and God can work in our lives and have a constant presence of his Spirit in our lives. And that presence is his voice, and you can hear his voice. And he can say, help that person over there. Pray with that person over there. Make this decision. Talk to that person about God. Invite that person to church. Do this. Don't do that. Go here. Don't go there. A continual awareness of the Holy Spirit of God guiding you, counseling you. You're not walking by sight, church. You're walking by the Spirit of God through faith. That's what you do when it comes to the Lord God Almighty. But not only that, the Holy Spirit will fill you. Let me tell you something. Some of you are full of it, but it ain't got nothing to do with the Spirit of God. How many of you know somebody that's full of it? Raise your hand. It ain't got nothing to do with the Spirit of God, does it? You know, a lot of times you see people that are all caught up in the wrong things. And God can't find no way to wiggle into your life. Because there's no room because you've got it crammed with everything else in your life besides what God wants to fill you with. Think about that. It's very sad when that happens and he's thinking, I just wish you had room for me. And it's heartbreaking to the Lord. You've crammed everything in your heart except for me. You want to do things your way. I want to fill you with my love, my mercy, my wisdom, my directions and the things that you can do and where I want you to go and the steps of order before you live. But you're full of everything else except for me. Man, he wants to do so much. A couple of verses I used a couple of weeks ago. Ephesians 5, he says, don't be drunk with wine because it'll ruin your life. He's not downing the drinking, but a lot of people are either full of wine, they're full of this addiction, they're full of this adulterous affair, they're full of these sins, they're full of this kind of depression. They get themselves so full of stuff, there's no room for, it says here, he says, but look what it says, read what it says, it says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Say that with me, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. For many today, 
Christianity has been dumbed down to thinking if I just say I believe in God and I mark it on a connection card and I be baptized and join the church, I'm good. But I look at a lot of Christians' lives today and they're no different than the rest of the world. You know why? Because they're still hurting. They're still broken. They're still addicted. They're still depressed. They're still living sin-filled lives. And they're struggling in their marriages and they're struggling in their finances. And there's little or no real faith in their life. And not only that, you know where a lot of people are living at today? Like Isaiah told the children of Israel, that's applicable to what I'm about to read, to where we're living at today. Isaiah 63, verse 10, look what it says. But they rebelled against him, talking about God, and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he, talking about God, became their enemy and fought against them fought against them. Do you understand what the word rebelled means in the original writing in the Bible? It means to be bitter. How many of you know someone that's bitter and they're just like mad everywhere they go? They just, they're just mad. They can't get over themselves and they're just mad at everybody and everything. They're just bitter. That's rebellion. How about people that uh, they're rebellious that they're just disobedient. They're just disobedient. That's what this word means. Bitter and disobedient. That's rebellion. And you get to the point it says against God and it grieves his spirit. Grieved them so much that God became their enemy. Wow. And fought against them. Can you imagine that you grieved God's spirit so much that God's spirit begins to God becomes your enemy, and listen, you ain't got the gloves to fight with God. You ain't got the power to fight with God. And man, I don't want to grieve his spirit in such a way and living in such a rebellious resistance attitude toward God that he would ever become my enemy, my creator becoming my enemy and fighting against me. You can grieve the Holy Spirit because God's spirit is emotions. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit loves you so, so much. So why is it that there are people that's living with such empty lives? Because they don't have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And we just don't, we don't, why is that? Because we just don't understand what God has in store for us. The Holy Spirit's going to give you power unlike you can ever imagine. You know why? Because he wants you to experience the life he ordered before you were born. Don't push the Spirit of God out of your life and short-circuit his plan he has for your life. But there's one more thing that the Holy Spirit does, and that is the Holy Spirit convicts you. Holy Spirit will convict you. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? Look at John 16 and 8. And when he, talking about the Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of its sin. Sin means you missed the mark and of God's righteousness and of God's coming judgment. See, God's Spirit will convict you of the things that's going wrong in your life. And maybe that's you today. But just listen. If it's the greatest thing you'll ever do is to open your heart to God, even if there's things wrong in your heart, God will convict you of those sins. And there's others of you, you're being drawn to God. You just never have really realized what it was. Maybe you're here today and you don't consider yourself a, a church person or a religious person, but you can feel the Spirit of God 
drawing you unto him. That's the Holy Spirit's convicting you of your need for God. Wow, the creator of the universe, the one that gives you heartbeat, one that gives you breath and lets the blood flow through your veins. He wants to get into your blood and he wants your blood to be his blood. He wants your blood to be the blood of a king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what he wants to do in your life. I remember when the Holy Spirit drew me to God and I was in the back of a church. I'll never forget it long as I live. I tried to work my feet loose. It was like weights were on them. And it wasn't nothing more than the enemy. And I remember working that foot loose. And when I did, when I stepped out, it was just like I was walking on clouds of glory. And when I got to the front of that church, Jesus saved my soul. And I ain't never been the same. I ain't never been perfect, but... I follow the perfection of the Holy One. And when you get yourself into a position to where that you will stop resisting and you will start surrendering, look out what God can do in your life. It'll be incredible what God can do in your life. And you can handle life circumstances unlike you've ever handled it before. You can understand the decisions you need to make because God's going to help you with those decisions. You can go and go into a, a posture to where that God wants to bless you. And it's a beautiful thing when you're under conviction and drawn to God. So, But you can either resist him or you can surrender to him. Don't fight him off because if you fight him off, your heart's going to grow hard. It's going to grow harder and grow harder. God loves you so much that he would send his only son to die for you. Loves you that much. And despite how broken our world is, you can have victory today. By the power through him and the Holy Spirit to be able to live a life that will honor God, glorify God, and please God in all things that you do. Would you stand with me and would you bow your heads as we pray? Precious Holy Father, God in heaven, we are blessed beyond measure to have your presence circumferencing this very world. And we're here today, Heavenly Father. God, I pray, God, that every person's here to be obedient and be surrendered to you. I pray, God, and shun the appearances of the evil one away from this house. He has no right here today. If you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus, listen to me, and you go to church, but you're doing life pretty much on your own. You know spiritual stuff, but in your life, you just don't see spiritual power. You just don't see victory. You just don't see the fruits of the Spirit. But you believe, but you just aren't experiencing it. It's time to tell God, listen to me, I want a more Spirit-filled life. I want a more Spirit-filled life. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I do want a more Spirit-filled life? Just lift your hands all across. God bless you. Now, those of you that's got pride, get it out of your way. That don't have any pride. Those of you, everyone lift your hands. I want more. I want the spirit of you, Lord. I want more of you, God, in my life. I want it. I want it today. Thank you, God, for the spiritual hunger of your people. God, fill us, oh God, Lord, with your spirit. We want the most of the Holy Ghost today, God. That we know the supernatural power and the presence of the spirit of Almighty God. Fill us, God, to live a life that's going to bring you glory, God. That would honor you, God. Now I'm going to ask you to do something in just a moment. And our pastors are going to be here and other prayer warriors. Just like that day that I came up from the back of that church. I'm going to ask you to come up here. We're going to sing a beautiful song in just a moment. I'm going to ask you, those of you that lifted your hand, 
Don't worry about who's around you. Just say, excuse me, I want more of the Holy Ghost today, okay? <laughs> just say, I, I just goes, we're going to have a special time of prayer. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll just rebuke Satan away from every person here that lifted your hand, and may they come and let's have a special time of prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, come right on. God's doing something. God's up to something, church. I think God's tired of a fake lifestyle of Christianity. He wants to fill my life and yours to the fullest so we can experience Him to the fullest. 
And maybe you're here today and you've been a believer and God just done a great work. Amy here just gave her life to the Lord here in front. Isn't that cool? Is that, that awesome? Do you know what I believe? I believe there's other people here and we're going to keep this time of prayer going, okay? We eat enough. We're okay. I got enough to last for another few more minutes, okay? All right, you do too. Well, would you pray with me and I want you to think with me just for a moment. Do you ever wonder why things just don't work out and look in your life and things just don't work out in your life like you want to? Because a lot of times we're leading our lives. We're not letting really God lead our lives. We don't spend enough time in prayer. We don't seek His face enough. You ever wonder why things don't work out in your relationships or things don't work out in your finances or things are not working out with your family and there's problems that's going on and, and you just wish things could be different. A lot of times it's because you're not living in surrender, you're living in resistance. So right now, just right now, everybody in this place, I want you to pray. Say, Lord, I want to live in surrender. Just tell him that right now. Say, Lord, I want to live in complete surrender to you and to your spirits leading in my life. Bless each one, God. Bless each, bless each family, God. That we'll live in total surrender to your power and your glory. Honor you, Lord Jesus. For some of you are here today and you're under the conviction of Almighty God but you don't know him and you feel that great big weight on your heart and you know that sin's in your life but you've never truly called on him to make him the Lord of your life so right now if that's you today and you know that you need to ask Jesus truly to be the Lord of your life and be born again just lift your hand real high we're going to pray in just a moment we're going to pray in just a moment just lift your hand real high and say I'm going to pray I'm going to pray I'm going to pray precious God right now Lord for each one that knows that they need you, Lord, I pray, God, that they will call on your name right now. Just tell the Lord, say, Lord, would you save me? Would you transform me? I want to make you the Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe your son Jesus died for me and arose for me. He took care of my sin debt when I couldn't. So I ask you, Lord, to fill my life. I want to live a life, God, that honors you. Save me. My life is yours. you today thank the Lord Jesus Christ give him honor give him praise and say I'm going to live my life from this point forward with the most of your Holy Ghost I'm going to be a spirit filled believer to bring you honor and glory thank you God for what you're doing and we lift you with praise honor and glory in Jesus name amen let's sing one more verse come on let's give God praise let's sing one more time come on sing church come on
praise in the house today. Give him praise in the house today. Give him praise. Now, give him praise. Give him praise. Come on now. bless you. God bless you. We're so thankful to be in his house today. And man, it's just hard to have a time to, to be able to stop. And, um, and I'm sure those over there with your kids are saying, well, I wish they'd please stop because we need to give them back their kids. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go into a time of giving. And I want to say thank you. You know, that's the thing about it. I've seen a lot of people that tell them, tell, I've had people tell me before that they're mature Christians, but they don't even give nothing to God's church. Let me ask you a question. If I would, did not plan this? If you're a mature Christian, will you give of your resources to God's church, your finances? Everybody agree with that? Well, there's a lot of them that tell me they're holy, <laughs> but they don't let holiness come in their checkbook, do they? Just saying. You know what? I was praying this week, and I was thinking some things that's going on in mine and Shanda's life, and, and we were talking about what we get to give to the Lord God Almighty. I get to do it. Because you know what? If my legs gets broke or my voice gets gone completely, which it's about gone today, or something happens, I can't, I can't do anything to, to bring in the resources the more to give him because he's a blessor. I want to be a blessing. I want to say thank you to all of you all that are being a blessing to the Lord, even in the area of your finances, because it's all his anyway. I'm going to pray over that in just a moment. But, hey, if you're brand new and you're here for your first time today, thank you for coming today. I might sound a little weird to you, but I'm in love with Jesus. Is that okay that I be in love with Jesus? Is that okay? I love Jesus. But thank you. Thank you for coming to Freedom Church today, even if it's your first time. If you would, be sure to take a card out of the seat, a connection card, and fill it out. Put as much information on it as you're comfortable with. Take it out to the info desk and give it to them. They're going to give you a gift to commemorate today, you being here. And I want to say, if you're, if you're brand new here, at least give us a three-peat. Come at least three times. Check it out. Everybody needs a church family. And uh, if you gave your life to Christ, I'd love to meet you over at Next Steps across from the coffee house. Be sure to get a card there if you gave your life to Christ and fill it out. Come and see me. Your next step is baptism. And uh, that's so important. Going to be having a last chance baptism in December. That's just not that far away, trust me. Church, we've been planning Christmas since way back in July. So anyway, with that being said, I'm going to pray over the offering. And I have two things to tell you, then we're going to let you go. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we praise you today. I pray your filling of your spirit in every believer here today. God, I pray you'll just pour so rich of blessings upon them, God, that they feel you, God, on Monday morning, because Monday morning stuff on everybody. I pray, God, that we will be a light in a dark world. The world has seemingly gone crazy. God, let us go crazy over you. And let our light so shine before men that it might bring you glory in heaven. Thank you for that. Right now, God, as we bring tithes and offerings to you, God, thank you for that opportunity to give back to you. It's a blessing to be able to do so because you're the giver of life and all blessings come from you. May we be a blessing to the world back because you gave your son for us, for our sins. So use it for your glory. And we lift your name above all names. It's the name of Jesus whereby we must be saved. In your name we pray. All right, all right. Okay, here's, here's where we're at. We are going to have a newcomer's 
luncheon on Sunday, November 20th. Now, if you're here, you just came today or you've been here for a little while, this is an opportunity for you to come to this luncheon. It will be right after this service. We will feed you lunch. We will take care of your children. Your kids can eat with you. And then when we have our time together with myself and my wife and a few of our staff members, we're going to share with you our who we are, what we are as a church, and where we're going as a church, our beliefs and our history and all that wonderful stuff, and the best is yet to come. So if you'd like to come to that, and then you have a decision, if you'd like to land here and say, you know what, I think I'd like to make this my church family. Love for you to be a part of this. You don't have to. You can come and be a part of it. And if you don't, that's fine. I've had people come to the class and say, sign me up, Pastor, I want to be a member. I've had people come to me and say, let me pray about it for a while. You need to pray about it. I've had people walk out. I've never seen them again. Did that make us bad people or them? No, it's just different strokes for different folks. You know, understand what I'm saying? So anyway, so sign up for that. There's a QR code on it. If you don't do QR codes, just take a card out of the back of the seat and sign up and say, I want to come to the New York Comers Luncheon. Uh, but the last thing, but not least, don't let the first service blow you guys out. We had 200 boxes. I don't even know if we got any more, do we, Daniel? We do. They took 125. Our goal was 200. Man, just imagine when those kids, and you fill up a box, and they get it, and they see the plan of Jesus. One day, you might just meet them in heaven because of you just doing a simple gift. So go out there and wipe them boxes out, and I love every one of you. Next week, bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. Start a new series called Truth Over Trends. I love you. God bless you.